Good evening, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Gooby and Company broadcast. My name is, of course, Jonathan Smart, also known as Gooby. This episode is recorded on Wednesday, January 26th, and will be released Friday, January 28th at noon CST, our usual slots. I am joined today by a friend of the show, uh, Louisa Martin. Hello, Louisa. Hello. How's it going today? It's going pretty good. Going pretty good? Yeah, yeah. I just came from sculpture class, so I'm kind of covered in glue. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Did paper mache. Did not realize how messy it was. I wore my good clothes, and I really regretted it. Oh no. It. Doing paper mache in your good clothes? Oh yeah, I know. It's a rule to not wear good clothes to art class, but I felt like I needed good clothes today, mm-hmm. and I really regret it. Well, I have to say, you look really, really nice. Thank I, you. I, lo- I love the little, like, uh, what is this kind of like? I don't know what to call it, like kind of an overshirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I got this entire outfit thrifting. I thrift a lot. Oh my gosh. So, so tell me about that. Uh, have you found anything fun thrifting recently? Oh gosh, I'm all right. I'm not really allowed to thrift for a little bit because last semester I mm-hmm. used it kind of as therapy. Whenever I felt sad, I would go thrifting, and so that created a little bit of a money problem. Oh. So this mm-hmm. semester, my my goal was to only thrift once a month, and I've I spent that right away january 2nd went off thrifting so now i have to wait well that necklace is really really cool i Thank like that you. yeah this is from austin pets alive thrift um it's kind of weird that a animal shelter has a thrift store but they've got wait, good stuff animal shelter has a thrift store yeah yeah that is so funny austin pets alive it's for um all the all the proceeds go to the shelter um so yeah it's a really nice place they've got a really cool vibe kind of like a hippie sort of thing mm-hmm. Yeah. I can definitely uh, kind of see the hippie vibe a little bit in your outfits. And look, it all matches. It's wonderful. Yeah, I started tr- I started listening to Greta Van Fleet, and so I've become, I don't know, it's it's shaped me a little bit. This Wait, so you listen to who? Greta Van Fleet. I don't know who that is. No. Yeah, I don't. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, okay, okay. I, I don't really know how to explain them. They sound a lot like Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. That's kind of. It's like some yeah, classic rock. A little bit? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's very hypey music like I get oh, yeah like I listen to it in the car and just jam out and that's drive too the, fast that's the best way to go oh don't drive too fast but I, I do get what you mean though yeah you know <laughs> when you listen to like a really like hyped up song mm-hmm. and kind of forget a little bit um I have music like that I just discovered uh I mean okay I knew that who they were but I uh started listening to a lot of uh Charles Gambino recently and I don't usually listen to hip-hop. It's not uh, typically my thing. Um, I'm usually, I, I love music with great instrumentation. I love uh, his instrumentals in uh, Sunrise, I think it's called. It is, oh, it's absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> Why not? My mom really likes Childish Gambino. It's kind of funny, like this sort of, you know, 50s suburban mother, but she made me go um, at ACL and record his set for her. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Yeah, she really likes them. Yeah, I my mom. Um, I don't know. I don't think my mom listen, it listens to any hip hop, but she is such a huge fan of. Uh, I think who, who who wrote the song? It's like uh, it's called "Shut Up and Dance." It's like "Walk the Moon." Yeah. Everything. Oh my gosh! I had this. So it's really funny story. Um, so my mom. Uh, I think she got a procedure done to her. Uh, I think it was in her mouth and whatnot. And uh, I went to pick her up from the dentist and. Um, it was so funny. She uh, she was dancing in, in my car, and she does not remember any of it to, to, this, uh, to these songs and whatnot. 
Oh, I know she, I know she's going to hear about this. She's probably going to kill me <laughs> for telling this story. <laughs> Hi, Mom. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to transition a little bit uh, to, um, I guess, uh, a little bit more about you. Uh, so uh, you are uh, living with something called uh, Ehlers uh, Danlos Syndrome, uh, right? Yes. The hyper, is it the hypermobile um, mm-hmm. variant? Yeah, the hypermobile type. That's uh, type three. Yeah. It's considered to be the least severe type of mm-hmm. all of them. Um, and the most common, it's actually uh, one of the, it's the most common genetic, like inheritable connective tissue disorder. Yeah. Like one in 5,000 people are thought to have it. So it used to, I, when I got diagnosed, they thought it was rare, but it's actually very common. One in 5,000, that's actually really common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like a spectrum, like how much it affects you. Some people live completely normal lives and don't know that they have it. And then some people are like me and don't live completely normal lives. Yeah. I, um, I remember whenever, uh, whenever I first uh, met you, I knew uh, you had a little bit, uh, I, I didn't know exactly what it was, but then I saw you uh, moving about. I didn't know exactly the details and whatnot. Um, I'm looking at it right here. Um, it affects um, connective tissue um, in your body and everything. Um, and I assume uh, you're able to move about, right? A yeah, yeah. I can stand and walk for about a minute, and um, then then I can't anymore. Then I have to sit down. Um, but that, that isn't always how it was. Um, but the, all the dislocations and stuff have kind of hurt my leg joints, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so if I stress them too much, like by walking or moving. Um, over time, they get more more sensitive and more painful. So oh, that's what the gosh. wheelchair is for. So I don't stress them at all. Yeah. I just get to sit all day. Well, um, so when were you diagnosed with this exactly? I was diagnosed when I was 14. I was actually, right, I, I was a mentally ill teenager. So I went to this hospital called Menninger and it was the sweetest place ever. It was mm. amazing. You got your own room and a queen size bed and everything was like, this beautiful like wood like they they really decked out the rooms um but it was a diagnostic clinic so you went there and lived there for like two months and all the nurses like would observe you and write notes on you and Mm -hmm. take your vitals every morning and night and um so they spent i was there for two months and they the doctor took a weird interest in how far back i could bend my thumbs Um, because that's a characteristic with EDS is uh, extreme joint hypermobility um, because of uh, the uh, ligaments holding your joints in are really Mm -hmm. bad because they're full of connective tissue and the connective tissue is kind of garbage. Yeah. Um, But I could bend my thumb back to touch my arm. Guys, she just did it. She just did it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) See, okay. I I don't mean to interrupt you. I have have something something similar where I can bend my... uh, I guess my hands back, as a kid, I would do that, and people would freak out. That's a I, real hyperextension on your, yeah. oh my gosh, that's more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, so for, for, those, for those of y'all listening, I just, um, I, I had a little front joint of, of my uh, pointer finger, I was able to make it into like a 90 degree angle, and that freaked her out. And yet I saw her bend her thumb back all the way, touching her sleeve, and I'm freaked out about that. <laughs> I know, usually I warn people before I do that. I don't know what came over me. Sorry. Oh, I don't warn people. Don't worry. I started just do, I remember in, um, oh my gosh, so in elementary, uh, mostly in elementary and middle school, but some of high school, I would high five people really hard and then pretend like they broke my hands 
I made a person cry once with that. I oh. I don't feel bad though. I don't. <laughs> They're kind of a dick. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> They're kind of a dick. But oh my gosh, so you were diagnosed in this hospital. Uh continue with the story. I'm sorry for interrupting you. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um yeah, he took an interest in how far back I could bend my thumbs and uh how I could contort my body. I was able to fit myself in the little slot underneath the TV, and um, he thought that was just the most interesting thing. And he'd come in and have me like do stuff for him and like observe me, and it was so weird. And he wouldn't tell me why. And um, then he started he started in his little investigation into me, ruling out the other types of EDS that are like very severe and very serious um, and there's one called vascular EDS where there's like organs rupturing is one of the symptoms so he Ooh. calls my mother and she's driving and she had to pull over because he asked her these scary questions he was like does do you have any family history of organs just tearing off oh spontaneous death and she's like what is wrong with my child what are you talking about is there organ rupturing <laughs> yeah it was it was very scary for her and then one day they sat me down and they told me I had this rare genetic disorder. It's not rare anymore, but um, it, everything made sense. Everything came together. I was like, wow, okay, okay. So everything I've been experiencing that I thought was just kind of weird, it's all connected and it's all like, it's all one thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. And then I went to a diagnostic clinic and they formally diagnosed me and explained it to me in a very scary way. Oh my God. And like they told me all the worst things that could happen and I mm -hmm. thought my life was over and then it wasn't, it was okay. I was okay. How did you feel initially after like, I guess receiving that diagnosis? Cause um, I, don't, I don't know about your uh, time before you were a teenager, but were you, were you able to walk before that? Uh, oh yeah. And nothing bad happened until I hit puberty. I was actually a soccer player. I was really good at it and mm -hmm. it was like my favorite thing to do. And then all of a sudden I couldn't play anymore and they told me that I couldn't. Um, I still tried, but I ended up kind of holding the team back because every time someone would run into me, I'd dislocate something. And so Ooh. the game kept having to stop. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I kind of bit the bullet and quit. And it was, it was sad, but I found other hobbies, found art and stuff. And yeah, no contact sports. So how did you feel afterwards? Um, I mean, like, uh, sorry, I guess I guess a better question would be, uh, like, how did your life, I guess, like, kind of change uh, more so after the fact? Because I, I understand you had to give up soccer and whatnot. You had to kind of take up more, um, I don't want to say sedentary hobbies, but uh, hobbies that uh, don't require as much, uh, I guess, legwork. Yeah, I actually did not have any trouble walking until mm -hmm. senior year, funny enough. But after after I initially got diagnosed, my life did change a little bit. I went to a lot more doctors and went on a lot more medications. Mm -hmm. um, and my parents watched me very closely. I went to physical therapy. I started working out because you kind of have to do that with EDS because yeah. your ligaments still don't hold your joints in as much anymore. So what's left is muscle. So it's kind of important to have muscle. So that's what I had to do. Um, but I didn't have any trouble walking until senior year of high school. It was just the most random thing. I sprained my ankle and it felt like it didn't heal because it, my ankle kept hurting and like getting flared up. And then it s started spreading up my legs and no one could tell me why. And uh, my 
my little high school class got to see my downward spiral. Like, oh. <laughs> um, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was a sad thing. I had trouble accepting that because I really did want to walk. I didn't want to lose that, but it got to the point where I couldn't leave my house and I couldn't go out with friends. And my school was so small. You would think it would be easy to get around or I would be able to do it, but I couldn't. I could, I could make it to school, but then I'd have to lay on the couch for the entire day. So I got a cane and then I got a wheelchair after fighting my physical therapist on it. She told me not to because I think my my impression of physical therapists like and their attitudes toward mobility devices, they're very like discouraging of it. Um, Like I've never had a physical therapist be like, yes, getting a cane is a good idea. Getting a wheelchair is a good idea. They always told me not to because. I think they're worried I'll become like too sedentary, and um, but it was kind of like at the point where I wasn't able to live without it, so I just ignored them and it was okay. It turned out to be fine. Um, it's yeah. It's honestly like I, I don't I don't mean to place myself in your shoes, but I I think I would prefer like a, I guess a more naturally being able to get around, right? Yeah, yeah, like. I'm actually very happy in the wheelchair. I thought that it would be much harder, a much harder adjustment, Mm -hmm. but I get a really cool electric wheelchair and I get to roll around campus feeling like Professor X and everybody knows me. Um, Whenever I meet new people, they always say, oh, I've seen you before, like (laughs) all all over and I've never said hi. And I'm like, yeah, it's the wheelchair, eh? You're hard hard to miss on campus. Yeah. But it's kind of funny that that's like the intro that everyone uses with me. Like I just expect it at this point. Um, How does it make you feel? Um, like does it make you feel like singled out at all? Um, Sometimes it kind of makes me feel self-conscious because I kind of know that everyone sees me and the very first thing they see is the wheelchair. And sometimes I don't want that. Sometimes it's like, I want you to see something different. So I try and dress really nice a lot so that uh, at least that's the second thing that people see, you know, They'll be like, oh, wheelchair. Ooh, she looks good. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that, the idea that that's what people think. Um, but yeah, I do kind of feel singled out in the wheelchair. And I don't know, this campus has been, it's it's been okay with making me feel welcome. There have been some instances where I did not feel welcome once a group of boys made a car motor noise at me in the cafeteria and here at here Western? yeah it what? was I was oh eating God. alone it was one of the very last times I ate alone I I was just rolling past them and one of them made this motor noise and then they all laughed at me and I was so sad I was so shocked I didn't even do anything I just I rolled away I rolled back to my dorm and I called my mom <laughs> And I cried to her. I was so upset. And But then Mouthwestern happened. I put a little note out on um, a, a disability board for the school. Like, they have, like, a group chat. Um, and I just mentioned that that had happened. And by the next day, so many people knew about it. I was like, okay, I didn't really expect this. Like, the lunch lady came mm-hmm. up and was telling me that she was... The lunch lady heard about it, like, the next day? Yeah, she was like, if, if anyone ever says anything to you, you tell me I'm going to be on your side. It was really sweet, but it was kind of strange that everybody knew it all of a sudden. 
it's, it's really hard to uh, to have secrets here on campus. Yeah, I, I do admit that. People hear about stuff just like so damn quick. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's nice knowing everyone, but it's not nice not having any privacy. Um, yeah, it's kind of my problem with a small school, but I enjoy it over, overall. Southwestern's great, honestly. Like I, I will talk shit about South, Southwestern on this podcast in the future. However, I think you know, compared compared to you know like any other school, I wouldn't I wouldn't pick anywhere else. You know, mm-hmm. honestly, it's it's kind of nice. I kind of it feels like a small community, but that, that like certainly comes with its drawbacks. Like. I'm still just in shock that like why 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 the fuck would they just be be assholes towards you? They don't even know you. And it's such a it's and they really picked the right thing to make fun of because that's something I'm insecure about. I don't like how my wheelchair sounds. I don't like the sound of the motor. It makes me feel very out of place. Like people are looking at me. People hear this motor. I just want it to be quiet. And then, well, wait. How does it sound? Because I don't think I've I don't think I actually heard it. Here, let me see if I can move a little bit. Yeah. Um, on my wheelchair to shut up. All right, there you go. You hear oh, it all? I, I did. I legitimately did not notice it until now. But no, oh, that I, makes me feel good. It has. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I hope that yeah, that helps. But I legitimately did not notice it until now. I like. I think I got like tuned it out because you know whenever I'm talking to someone, I don't really focus on the background noises and whatnot. But I can see how that'd be very bothersome. I don't know if uh, I don't know if y'all at home picked it up, but it, it definitely sounds like a motor. But I can assure you, yeah, I, I, I personally don't hear it. Why not? All right, that's good. That's good. So I do have to ask you, because I asked you this, uh, I think it was uh, last week or the week before, but would you be willing to let me, uh, you know, you know, overclock your, 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 uh, your motor and we can get it up to really high speeds? Oh, my not? God. I would love that. <laughs> like, for, like, like, you know, like to the point where it's like street legal. Why not? Like, above 35 an hour. That'd be awesome. I would love that. I think that would be so funny. Um, I already go kind of... Oh, it's not fast, but it's faster than most people walk. But to go even faster, I would feel really powerful. Well, what's the top speed you can go? I think it's five miles an hour. That's, that's pretty fast for, like, for like you know, foot travel. Damn. But honestly, like, compared to some of the fastest cars out there, it's kind of, a, kind of slow. Mm, know? Yeah. So here's the plan. We're gonna see if we can uh, attach um, a bigger motor. We're gonna see if we can outfit it with flames. And we're gonna, wait, what's your favorite color? Because we're, we're gonna make the wheels glow. Uh, green is my favorite color. But with the flames, we might wanna do a different color. Like mm-hmm. I'd be okay with compromising with like red or something. Yeah, I think red flames would look nice, but honestly, I think what we should do, we need to have green LEDs on the tires. Like do your tires have little uh, little thick places for, for like uh, caps? Oh my God, no, Louisa. Uh, if if there's a place for like for to fill the, the air up with tires or uh, tires <laughs> up with air, you could take the cap off and I, I these on my car. You could uh, replace it with um, an LED cap and it activates upon motion and whatnot. Oh my God, I would so, go out. I would go out at night just to see that. Like that's so funny. <laughs> I, would, I would love that. Yeah, so, let's do it. Let's do it. I, I'm, I'm gonna down. Call, I'm gonna call Devin right now and we're <laughs> <laughs> because. Okay, so uh, uh, her roommate's uh, uh, boyfriend was uh, was also really, really uh, interested in uh, decking out her wheelchair, and everything. Also, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to be like just asking about the wheelchair, but I'm just curious how how expensive is that? It was um, 
it was either $3,000 or $5,000. I can't remember, but I've got two wheelchairs that were very expensive, and this is one of them. The other one, I think, was... Okay, I think this was $5,000. The other one was $3,000, but I put a bunch of cool extensions on the other one. Extensions? Ooh, it's, wait. What kind of extensions? It's an all-terrain wheelchair. Um, oh, wait, an A-T-W? All-terrain wheelchair? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is... Okay, I gotta hear about this. Um, it's mostly, like... For hiking, um, it's it's built for you know going off off roads, of course, mm-hmm. you know because it's all terrain. But um, it's got bars that I push instead of um, like grabbing the wheels and pushing. Yeah. Um, I, it's got like two uh, vertical bars, and I just push them forward like you would with like a chest press machine, and um, that's how it moves. And it has this cool safety mechanism in place where if I lose my grip and I start rolling backwards, it won't let me go past a certain point. It stops. So if I'm on like a big hill or something and I drop it, then it I won't go, you know, flying backwards. Um, but I got, uh, gosh, what extensions do I have? Well, I got um, this uh, the handlebars for someone to push me, so I don't have to do all the work myself. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I'm saving up for an extension that uh, keeps the wheels from lagging because when I push forward with the bars, um, it takes a while for the wheels to move, and that's really annoying. So, is is the bar movement? Is it like a? Does it send like a digital signal to the to the to the wheelchair itself or the, the wheels? It's like gears. Oh, so kind it's of gears. like a bicycle. But oh, I use my okay. arms. Yeah, that's a good workout then. It is. I use it at the gym. Uh, that's when I go to the gym in and then I go around in the um, go around the indoor track with it. But I I'm a little self conscious of that wheelchair too because it's actually very loud. Um, oh. it's much louder than this wheelchair. When I push the bars forward and I'm going fast, um, it makes a loud banging noise because the metal bangs together. Gotcha. Um, so it's it's very noticeable. Um, and I don't particularly like that, but um, okay sometimes I just go around on campus and that's better than being indoors yeah there's gotta be a way to kind of cushion the uh the gears uh you know make them at least like a little more soundproof yeah yeah maybe that's a new project I should think about silent gears I, I would say like maybe um get some maybe some rubber of sorts mm-hmm. uh because then it would at least preserve the uh the traction uh, and everything but I'm trying to I'm trying to like imagine uh, the sounds because I I just I can't imagine it's like a kind of a sound like like a, the gears make you said? Uh the um, metal of the bars does because it hits the brake. Um, oh okay. So it's like if I took two metal sticks and just banged them together. Oh okay. That's what it's like. I, I I think I can understand that one a lot more. Yeah. But um, I think also um, what I'm I'm kind of curious about is. Um, how did you feel initially about the wheelchair uh, whenever, uh, I guess, you, you uh, got it? Like, what, what was that like for you? I thought I would feel bad, but when I got in it and my life changed so much for the better, it was like I couldn't have any negative feelings about it for the longest time because it just, my life was so much improved. I could go out with all my friends and I could go to school again. I was actually doing online school. Um, before COVID, you know, I was ahead of the ahead of ahead of my time. Uh, they my teachers would Skype me in because I went oh, to a very small school and they were very accommodating. But I was able to go back to school, and 
so yeah, I wasn't too upset about the wheelchair. You know, of course, over time I developed um, some negative feelings, but um, definitely initially I was completely fine with it. I was thrilled. And all those, like, all those, all those like, negative feelings, those are mostly like extrinsic to you. Like it's, it's come about because of the people from the fucking cafeteria, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not right, you know? Yeah, and just, I've got, I've had weird interactions like that. Like, I had someone tell me that they would rather die than be like me. It started off as one of those you're so inspirational speeches. I don't like those either, but I just kind of was like, all right, whatever, go on, say what you want to say. And it went from, oh, you know, you must be so strong to be able to do this, to be able to get out of bed in the morning. I wouldn't be able to get out of bed in the morning if I had your condition. If I was like you, I would I would die. And I was like, oh, my oh. God. Okay. My I, I, can, I, can, I mean, I don't, want, I don't want to say I can kind of see where they're, where they're going with that, but, like, God, talking about talk about dropping the ball completely, right? Like, what the hell? It's just sad that people look at me. It made me feel really bad because I felt like people look at me and see my life as so terrible that they would rather not live it. And it's not that terrible. You know, there are, I complain about it a lot because there are, you know, annoying parts to my life. But there's annoying parts to everybody's life. Um, but it makes me sad that people would look at me and think that about me. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, it's, it's just an, I mean, another, I guess, facet of who you are. It's it's not really like, it's, I mean, at least personally, the way, uh, and I, I hate, I, I hate feeling like I'm, I'm like putting myself in your shoes because I, I don't have your lived experience and whatnot. But yeah, there's, there's bad parts of everybody's life and whatnot. This is just another part of what makes you, and honestly, like, it's, it's just part of your story, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did, uh, did COVID, like, impact, uh, I guess, your, your routine at all with this? I feel kind of bad because a lot of people struggled with COVID, like, with online school and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I thrived because even with the wheelchair, going out every day and going places is hard on my joints. And not having to do that, just climbing out of bed, sometimes not even doing that, and going to my desk and just attending school from there was so easy for me. I actually did, I did way better than I'd ever done in school, um, during online school. Um, So yeah, COVID changed my life a little bit for the better and now we're back in person and now it's just annoying. Um, I I can kind of feel that a little bit. With uh, personally, like uh, with, with COVID, um, I, I don't know. First of all, I don't know how people do online schooling. I just want to say that. <laughs> that, is, that is a true skill because I get so damn distracted whenever I'm on my computer. Because I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a gamer, you know, TM trademark. And so, like, whenever I'd be in class, I'd play Bloons, uh, Bloons Tower Defense and whatnot. Um, so, man, <laughs> that's a real skill, being able to st- stay focused, like, during online classes and everything. Yeah, I'm... It's weird. It's like that skill has gotten worse for me over time. At the beginning, I was so focused and did so amazing. And now it's it's quite a bit harder to not just go on TikTok, you know, put my phone up next to my laptop and just scroll. Oh, it makes you look like you're, you're studious, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. <laughs> I think I did that at one point uh, during online schooling. I think it was the summer, whenever it first hits. Um, 
Um, gosh, oh my gosh, wait, so it hit during your senior year, now that I think about that. We should, we should talk about that a bit. I want to know, because uh, uh, I want to know how your senior year was impacted and everything. Um, but the summer, uh, whenever everyone first went online, um, I was legit at home doing online classes and summer class and everything. So everyone was just now getting used to it. And I couldn't, just, I couldn't focus at all. But I want to know, how did your senior year get impacted by COVID? Um, well... I never got to see any of my friends again, <laughs> so that was really sad. My teacher, actually, no, my principal, um, was really prepared for the whole thing. She saw it coming, and she predicted it ahead of time. She was like, this is going to be a big disaster. We're She's not going to be able to. Isn't she? <laughs> yeah, we thought she was insane because she was getting online school ready for us before mm -hmm. spring break, and we were like, oh, my God, you're overreacting, and then what do you know? the world shuts down and she's good yeah and my brother who went to public school he had to like they missed like three weeks of school but we never skipped a beat we went straight back see i was i was so surprised about how quickly southwestern transitioned to online schooling went on and i just want to say shout out to melanie hogue uh my boss uh she she was like one of the people that like, really helped out with getting school online whatnot but i was so surprised about how quickly which we are able to transition everything. It was so, so weird at the beginning, especially being on campus, like in person and having like those damn arrows on the floor. Wait, oh, did you? I've, I've, I wasn't here for that. I always wondered oh. what Southwestern did because I oh. got to miss all that. I can talk about that if you want me to. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, I did some RA work um, during this time. Um, uh, for the first semester and part of the second semester. So I, w I like kind of witnessed this firsthand, but basically a lot of COVID training. Um, they only, they only allowed, uh, sort of, they like disallowed guests in rooms and everything. Um, and they had uh, arrows for, for foot traffic on the floor. Uh, <laughs> no one ever followed the arrows. And uh, I'm gonna admit my crime right here on the, uh, on the podcast, but I ended up stealing uh, an arrow and some of the signage. Uh, off the floor so I think it was um, right outside my room there was an arrow because uh, basically uh, the arrows um, made it really inconvenient to get around uh, camp uh, campus and inside buildings so um, do you know how the first uh, floor at the first year buildings are laid out okay so uh, maybe is, uh, uh, is by the best first year housing by the way in my opinion is joined with Kurth which is the all women's uh, dorm dormitory and if you wanted to get from maybe to Kurth, um, maybe maybe third floor to Kurth, so like uh, you'd have to circle around and actually exit and go all the way around. Everything it was the most inconvenient thing. The one thing that really struck me though uh, the most um, was uh, online classes because we we essentially had. Um, uh, for the most part, we had classes uh, online and uh, with like a f small like lab components like in person and whatnot. I remember my um, it was it was my digital uh, it was my art design class. It was like for theater, I think it was a theater credit. Yeah, it was, it was a theater a theater art design class. Um, thankfully, that one was in person, so we could like uh, at least draw stuff. But any sort of mathematics. Um, social sciences, anything that I like, could go online did go online and I personally lost so much of that information. I, I, I really hate that I took Calc 3 online because I'm using Calculus 3 in every single one of my classes now for physics and it sucks because I feel so damn behind but also like it feels good because like 
most of the people in my major like all struggle with Calc 3 because we all took it at the same time and everything. But uh, teachers, okay, teachers that uh, have online components to their in-person class and completely tailored around that, like my linear algebra class, uh, my professor um, was drawing on his trackpad um, the entire time. Um, and Sorry, it just did not look good. Mm -hmm. and for differential equations, uh, which is honestly kind of a hard math class, my teacher taught it on fucking Google Docs and whatnot. And, oh boy, that was a real big struggle. And I thankfully got her to do Google Jamboard towards the end. But, man, that was a tough, tough fucking class and everything. So, honestly, like, be glad you didn't have to witness. Uh, Southwestern stumbled teensy bit and whatnot. All right, good. I guess that gives me something to be grateful for. So, yeah. You know, COVID kind of did take away the last part of my senior year, and I was valedictorian too, so I had to. Oh, good like, on you, Lisa. Good stuff. Yeah, I was valedictorian and I had to give my speech online, which was actually, you know, it might have helped a little bit because I was very scared. And I did write the speech the morning of, I don't know how I made valedictorian with that sort of behavior, but... Um, no, it's literally just the title, you know. I made a wheelchair joke during the speech, and I forgot what it was. I would repeat it here, but it left my brain. Um, I probably blocked it out because nobody could see that I was in a wheelchair. So nobody laughed. It was like I just oh, dropped a no. random wheelchair joke and it was dead silent. Oh my god. That's such a terrible memory. Oh. Oh. I honestly, I don't know, if, if I was making a speech like that and like nobody laughed, I'd be frightened, first of all. I'd be like, damn, I'm not funny. I just felt my stomach drop. I was oh. like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Because I was, I was a little bit on the, I, I wasn't sure if I should make the wheelchair joke, but I didn't want my speech to be too serious, and I like making fun of my disability, you know, to, I don't know, make, make things easier. And so I just decided to include it, and I really regret it. I, my boyfriend at the time was attending through Zoom, and he kind of texted me, and he was like, hey, sorry, um, you okay? Oh, no. Oh, no. Sorry to make you relive that. <laughs> yeah, just having flashbacks here. Mm. How about we transition to uh, something else? All right, cool beans. So you're very, you're very light about uh, EDS mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, have you, cause me personally, um, I, I wouldn't know how to uh, react if someone was very light about, I guess, something like uh, that you have and whatnot. What do you, uh, what would you recommend uh, how people kind of approach talking to you specifically? I mean. I would avoid making jokes about it. I make jokes, but I'm allowed to um, because I'm kind of the one that deals with it. When other people make jokes, and unless I know them very well, um, I kind of get a bit offended because it's like, all right, well, you know, you can joke about it all you want, but you don't really know what I kind of go through. Like, Katie can make jokes because she gets to see it firsthand, yeah. but I feel like when people are very light about it, and they don't really know what's going on. I, I'm not a fan of that, but... It's like in very bad taste. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I would love it if people laughed along with my jokes. Because, mm -hmm. um, I don't know, it helps, to, it helps me stay more positive about life when I'm like that. When I kind of 
am very light because, you know, there are bad parts to this and it is kind of hard sometimes to deal with it. And if I joke about it, then I don't really think about all the bad parts as much, you know, because, you know, dislocating stuff is not actually fun. It's, it hurts and it's kind of miserable and the recovery process sucks. And I do hate it, but if I, if I focus too much on it, then I'll kind of become a bitter person and I don't want to do that. Yeah, I, it sounds like, um, I guess, almost making, making light of it uh, would, I mean, me personally, uh, whenever, whenever uh, I first talked to you, whenever you're kind of, uh, you're very light about it, I felt way more comfortable around you, you know, talking to you. And it, it made me feel like a lot more, um, I guess, willing to learn more and ask questions. Oh, and cool beans. And honestly, I'm super glad. I just want to say I'm super glad you approached me to come on the podcast because that was awesome. Because, like, you're, I feel like you just have a lot to tell, you know? Yeah, I love to talk about <laughs> myself. <laughs> well, I also want to know about your plants. Oh, yeah, my plants. I got really into plants over quarantine. I... Well, I needed a hobby, and I thought that plants are so beautiful, and I've never been able to keep them before. So I wanted to take this opportunity to to try and get this new skill. So I spent some time researching the easiest possible plant to have because um, I didn't want to. I thought it would be a real blow to me emotionally if I got this plant and loved it, and then it died. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided on a pothos plant. And so I went to the plant store and I got a golden pothos plant and it was it was very thick and beautiful. And I looked at it and I thought, wow, I, there's so many little like shoots coming out of the soil. That can't possibly be from one plant. And it wasn't. And I didn't know that that was a normal thing for people to plant a bunch of little mm-hmm. pothos plants in the same pot and be like, oh, it's one plant. So when I found that out, I was kind of scared because all of a sudden I went, got one plant and then I was the plant mom to, in the end, I think it was 24 when I took them out of the pot and I like separated them. Cause I was like, Oh no, you can't put a plant in the same pot as another plant. <laughs> but you know, I had them all laid out and I was texting my mom. I was like, mom, what have I done? And she's like, throw some, uh, throw some of them out. No. Which ones, which ones do you have to pick? You know, how do you pick your favorites? I never did. No, I ended up, I got all these pots, and my room was full of pothos plants because oh I, I I, couldn't bear to throw any of them out. I mean, that's that's so sad and mean. I, I can't be responsible for their death. Um, so now I have a lot of plants, and poor Katie has to deal with them. I don't think she's particularly into them. And I showed up at the apartment carrying all these oh plants. Oh, my <laughs> Do you have a favorite out of them at all? No, oh, they're all my favorites. Oh, I love them on. all so much. I okay. Uh, come on. <laughs> if I see, if I ask my mom her favorite child, she would say she loves all of us equally. But I know she has a favorite, and I'm sorry, Benedict. I know it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's me. I know they're listening or that. I, they, I, I'm sorry. I know it's me. Mom, you can go ahead and dispute this later on in the group chat. Anyway, what's your plan? Oh gosh. Um. I think, okay, I have a really, I've kind of got a smaller pothos plant because it's in a smaller pot, and her name is Alaska because Katie and I named all my plants after states for some reason, and so her name is Alaska, 
and she lives in my room, so I get to look at her a lot. And I think, okay, I think she might be my favorite. But mm. I love them all. I won't tell. I won't tell them. Don't worry. <laughs> and so, do you only have Pothis plates, or do you have like a, a wide variety and whatnot? My therapist moved to Seattle over the summer, and she gave me all of her plants. Oh my god, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> it was. One of the best days. I was so happy because I got to expand expand my plant collection, and I got a bunch of orchids, like three orchids. And I'm very sorry to say I am not doing a very good job with the orchids. Those are hard. Like I, uh, they're they're difficult. They keep losing their leaves, and oh, I don't know what to do with them. And my brother is very good with orchids. He gets a lot of them because my mom works at a retirement home and people mm -hmm. give the old people orchids a lot and then the old people die and the orchids are left over and so she takes them and gives them to my brother. So we've got kind of a haunted, haunted orchid house. Yeah. Um, but he, <clears throat> he gets them to flower somehow and he won't tell me how. So I'm kind of, I'm doing my best, but the orchids are struggling a little bit. And then I have a Monstera that she gave me, and that's doing very well. Wait, so what's a, hold on, I'm gonna look up what a Monstera is. I've, I've heard of orchids, and I've heard of um, Pothis. I've never heard of, uh, what I said, Monstera? Yeah, you've definitely heard of, you've seen them. Yeah, Monstera, 100%. Yeah, from, from Arizona, why not? So I, oh, oh my God. Literally, I think uh, my brother Nick in Sweden, he has all of these. Um, I don't mean to cut us off here. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna look up, uh, see, I wanna show you pictures of my plants. Oh, yes. And then uh, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break and uh, we will be right back, everybody. Hey, everybody. It is me again, of course, John Beatley Smart. Just wanna kind of do a uh, mid-roll, uh, I guess, segment to plug the email, um, goobycodebroadcast at gmail.com. If you have any sort of questions uh, here for Louisa, we can answer them uh, during next week's podcast. Uh, and there's also uh, now um, a place to put questions on Spotify uh, and everything. So if you have any questions, go ahead and drop them down um, in, you know, I believe there's something on the app. Uh, I don't know. I haven't, uh, I need to check it out. But we got a question on last, uh, last time's episode. Um, Accidentally Al uh, asks, what is your preferred amount of prongs on forks? Um, yeah, okay, so I was not thinking like this. So it's four. And the reason being is two, first of all, two is a pitchfork, one's a toothpick. Three, I, three feels like a deformed pitchfork. I don't know, it's like, has a growth. I, I don't know how to think of it. Um, but yeah, 100% four. Five is too much, five, five is a weapon. Um, yeah. So I hope that answered your question accidentally out. And we got a piece of fan mail from Emil Homlund, all the way from Stockholm, Sweden. He says, hey there, love the podcast. Makes me laugh and a bit smarter for every episode. Glad you like the podcast, man. He says, first question. Last episode included a lot of cooking and food topics. Can you share a fond memory of your first cooking experience? Um, oh, I think, uh, I think that's actually a good topic. We'll, we'll probably talk about that once we get back from the break. Second question, please interview your mom. She sounds fun. Well, don't want to spoil the, uh, for future episodes, but uh, do look out her an episode in a few weeks uh, with uh, the mom figure. Third question, he says, 
Um, what new games are you looking forward to in 2020? What do you think of the new Harry Potter game? Well, when this podcast episode releases, uh, new, the new Pokemon game will have been out. Um, you know, I, I, will, I will neither confirm or deny that I already own the game um, on, you know, through less than legal means, but I will say the game is very fun so far. I'm so looking forward to it. Other than that, um, 100% the new Zelda game. I am huge, huge Zelda fan. You know this, Emil. Uh, but I, I can imagine you and Nick are like really looking for this. But 100% the new Zelda game, whenever that drops. Cross my fingers for like November, maybe maybe December release date. I'm hoping it doesn't get pushed back. If it does get pushed back, that just means they're focusing on quality. And I have no idea about the new Harry Potter game. I'd have to look that up real quick. Um, never really much was a Harry Potter fan um, as a kid. I... Oh, Luis is giving me a weird look. Oh, uh, this is going to be a topic for when we get back. But, um, gosh, let me go ahead and uh, this up. I, I, oh, yeah, Hogwarts Legacy. I've seen a little bit of footage. It looks nice. And I'm definitely going to give it a try so I can play with you and Nick and whatnot because that's definitely a lot of fun. Ooh. Okay, no, this, this looks really nice. Anyway, so Emil... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Uh, we should talk about that later after the uh, podcast. He says, uh, kind regards, Emil. Um, and I'm going to butcher my Swedish here, but it says, Skikat från min iPhone, which I assume means sent from my iPhone in Swedish. Ooh, I'm good at that. Anyway, so yeah, if you all have any questions, uh, go ahead and leave them down in the uh, comments uh, on the Spotify section or send us an email at goobycobroadcast at gmail.com. And now, back to Louisa. And we're back, everybody. Um, thank you for the questions, both uh, Al and Emil. Those are awesome, and I look forward to seeing whatever y'all have uh, for next week. Um, why not? But uh, I want to talk about first, uh, so the plants. I want to show you, um, so they're called uh, the poor man's bonsai. Uh, they're like moss balls and whatnot. And like um, they contain the roots and they're held together by this, like some twine. Um, but they are so cool. Here, I'm going to show you a picture. I got them at the farmer's market and everything. This is actually a better one. Oh, I got them at the farmer's market um, during the first week of school. Wow, those are pretty. Aren't they? They're awesome. Do you have them hanging on your wall, like the picture? I love them at home by accident. Uh, <gasps> no! I know! Okay, I really, okay. Mom, I have not texted you about this, but I really hope my plants are still alive and everything. If they're not, that's okay. That's completely my fault. But, yeah, so those are the plants. But I also wanted to ask um, Emil's question to you as well. We want, I want to talk about uh, favorite cooking experiences, because you mentioned a little bit uh, before we were talking about um, that you are... Uh, you like you like cooking and whatnot, so tell me a little bit about that. Um, I mean, it's a it's a calming activity that I like to do every once in a while. I don't get to do it too often because I mean, especially now I'm not at home and I don't have a stove or anything. So the most I can make is you know ramen. I mean, there there isn't a whole lot, but yeah. when I'm home, I like to cook. I think my parents like that because they don't have to. You know, my mom usually makes dinner, but the nights when I do, it's a happy, a happy time for her. But um, I didn't cook a whole lot when I was younger. My brother and I, or this is my favorite cooking memory. My brother and I used to um, do what we called experiments. You know, when you're kids and you just mix oh a bunch God. of stuff together. <laughs> and mm -hmm. we would try and make a cake um, with 
absolutely no instructions, just going off of what we generally knew about baking. And y'all made the perfect cake, right? Mm, mm. Some of them were edible. There was oh, one where edible. I put a cup of salt in. No, you did not. I put an entire cup <laughs> of salt in because I, I don't know. I don't know why I did it. I thought. I thought for some reason that that was the right, a reasonable amount to put in, and it wasn't. And we kept, we tried to fix it. We just kept adding sugar, and it never, it never did get better. So we, we ended up just making the cake anyway, and it was disgusting. And we put, we tried to make frosting to put on it to cover it up, but we didn't know how to make frosting, so we put raw eggs in it, and then we fed it to the family. Oh no! <laughs> we did get in trouble for that one. Um, my mom, my, honestly, if it had been as a kid, my mom would probably kill me. This is, this is be really here. <laughs> it was sad. We had to throw the whole thing out. Um, but yeah, it was, it was my fault, um, for all that salt and for the, I think that the eggs were my idea too. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a great day for me. Anyway, how, I mean, how old were you when you did this? 10. 10. I, I should have, I don't know. I feel like at 10, I should know a little bit better, but I mean, you I, still get a dead one. It's okay. You're still fun. I'll give myself a little bit of a break. Yeah, come on. Give yourself a break. I honestly wish I did more of that as a kid, like kind of experimentation, because like I'm doing that now. Uh, but I I do that with curry and everything. Oh. I basically I start with, with like my base. Uh, I usually kind of like have a uh, like a heavy creamer, uh, mm-hmm. water, and chicken. That's the only thing I kind of plan out. And then I uh, start mixing in spices uh, and everything, like spices and some vegetables and everything. It's and I've been able to really experiment and like find amazing amazing recipes and whatnot or recipes and like i think um i definitely have more of a uh taste for spices because of it because i don't know why i never liked curry as a kid and i i, I, don't, I don't i can't really put my, my finger on it and everything but I, i've been doing that a lot with um cooking uh or the curry i will say uh to answer your question a meal kind of going off of a favorite cooking memory uh, I think my absolute favorite memory was um, cooking for everybody in Sweden whenever I visited everything. Um, so I, I just want to give you some context. So my uh, my I have uh, brothers in Sweden, and I have one um, one, of, one of my brothers is, is in uh, North Carolina. Everything, and uh, we all went and visited uh, visited them um, over the summer before my uh, before my freshman year of college. Everything, and uh, whenever I was there, I made I think it was a. Uh, Gosh, I think it was like, um, I think it was a taco, uh, some sort of, oh yeah, it was, also, it was either a casserole or some sort of tacos, but I remember it was very hard to find tortillas, if I recall, over there, and uh, over in Sweden, because they had uh, other kinds of bread, but tortillas were so hard to find, I, I don't know why, but I sweet favorite cook memory was cooking for everybody in Sweden and whatnot. Oh my gosh, so what else do you cook, though? Um... This one time uh, for my science class, it was weird. It was like a science slash home ec class in high school. Our teacher had us cook a balanced meal for our family, uh, like a three-course mm-hmm. balanced meal. And um, I've cooked it a few times since because it was so good. Um, but my favorite part of it and the one that I'm the most proud of was the appetizer. I made like this butternut squash spicy uh, soup sort of Ooh. thing. And, um, yeah, I spent the whole day making it. It took forever. 
and it turned out so well. And then my brother told me that he didn't like butternut squash. I was like, okay, well, you let me, you were with me at the grocery store. You helped me pick this and you didn't tell me that you're not gonna eat it. Um, but, oh, it was so amazing. And you know, it's nice and hot and spicy and then you put Greek yogurt in it and um, seeds on top and oh, it was beautiful. Um, and I've cooked that a few times since because it's a really good like fall um, sort of recipe. Now, I've never had butternut squash. I've, I know I've been offered it before. I'm, I mean, I'm kind of a picky eater at times. Um, but what does it taste like? Like, how, how would you describe the taste of this uh, what you made? Um, I mean, it tastes. It's, oof. It's very. It's a very rich sort of flavor. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it does really taste kind of just like squash, not gonna lie, but the, I think the spice that I add really kind of, I don't know, it brings out a very big fall vibe. Um, it tastes like the idea of fall. Yeah, that's, that's what that's I would say. That's a fun way to describe it, actually. So is that, is that like your favorite recipe uh, to make, or do you have anything else in mind? Uh, yeah, that's my favorite recipe, but I mean, I bake a lot of cookies too, just because I like them, but my parents had to tell me to stop because I made too many, and my dad, he has no self-control. Like, <laughs> he he was like, I'm gaining weight, Louisa, please stop making cookies. And so I, I, I did. I wasn't very happy about it, but um, I would say I'm a good cookie maker. Um, but I should start up that again and hope. Hopefully my parents won't kick up too much of a fuss when I go back home. What, what kind of cookies are they? Um, I use a lot of peanut butter in my cookies. I like I I don't like peanut butter plain, but I like it in cookies mm -hmm. is the only context that I like peanut butter in. And um, uh, my mom used to make um, these chocolate pecan uh, cookies for us. Like every day in uh, elementary school, we'd always get like a little cookie. And um, so I sometimes make those just for like the nostalgia, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, honestly, I don't do a whole lot more cooking than that. That's about the extent. Um, I like it when I do it. But oh, 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 my, my grandma lives, she's, all right, she lives in Canada and mm -hmm. she's like the very classic grandma, like, she she does a lot of cooking and she like does sewing and all kinds of arts and crafts and she's the coolest. Um, but she and I, when I go up to Canada, we always go to like a strawberry patch or a raspberry patch and we get a ton of fruit and then we go and make um, jam. Oh and God. that's that a really amazing. cool process. Oh my God. There's, there's a lot of sugar in jam. I didn't know how much there was until I actually made it, but there's a lot. Yeah, and once I, I poured boiling hot jam on my thumb, and Ooh. she had me, like, stick it in flour, and I just walked around for the day like that. But, oh, yeah. Okay, those are good memories. I like reliving that. So, okay, do you like to cook or bake more? Bake. Bake, 100%. Are you, are you like, kind of stronger at one? Uh, I just like the outcome of baking more. I like sweet stuff. I like true, I like true. pastries, so I like baking more just because of that. I think I kind of feel the same, um, same way. Although I, I have like some some favorites with cooking. Um, 
See, my, my mom always tells her, always told uh, told everybody that like she's very bad at baking. Because uh, I remember you mentioned that like um, uh, you kept making cookies. My mom kept making bread over over the over the like, like when I say bread, I mean like really really good bread. She made this like cinnamon bread. It was amazing, and I did not have the heart to tell her that, to stop making bread because she loved it. And I was like, oh my god, but like I'm gonna I'm gonna gain weight by keeping the bread because it was so good. We had uh we did that I think uh uh oh my god she made this really good cinnamon butter as well jeez oh, oh, I need I want to make some bread now <laughs> but I'm, um I've actually never made bread before never made bread that well, was hell let me tell you that oh really that was like yeah. a whole thing over over quarantine like a bunch of people I saw were making bread and I never did it but I always. I, I admired the process. You know, you get to like punch it and throw it around, and that just seems fun. I helped knead the dough uh, for one, and it was just very tiring because you, you essentially have to keep like removing all of the air out of the dough and everything. And gosh, it takes a while, especially if you make sourdough bread. Oh my god! I think I think the reason. Okay, another thing about the reason she made all that bread is because we had a sourdough starter, and everything, and uh, and she wanted to get the most use out of the sourdough starter, so she made as much bread as possible, but not. Oh my gosh. I definitely need to make some bread. Do you have any other like fun treats you like to make? Uh, um, nothing is coming to, to mind. I'm sure that there's more. I make a lot of pasta, but I don't actually like hand make it. Um, but yeah, when people ask me what, like, my favorite food to make is, I'd say pasta, just because that's... It's so versatile. It's, it's, yeah, there's so much you can do with it. Like, you can cook up vegetables and put it in there, and I like to have the um, rice pasta. Um, rice pasta? Yeah, rice pasta. It's, um, it's, it's like Asian, and there's, you put uh, soy sauce and... Um, uh, oil in it and it's it's amazing and the type from HEV you can make it in uh, five minutes so it's like the best like it's my favorite go-to thing because it's so fast and like you know when you're hungry you don't want to stand around making food for forever and yeah it's easy peasy see like curry's the absolute opposite curry takes me about maybe 30 minutes to make everything so it's, it's a long process especially cleanup as well mm. oh my gosh but it's so worth it so, okay, I also, I don't, I don't want to make you self-conscious, but I heard you say a boot a lot, and you, you said you're, uh, your grandma's from, from Canada. <laughs> yeah. Are you, can, are you Canadian? Um, it's, uh, a lot of people think that because of the way I talk, because um, I have a lot of, like, Canadian mannerisms, sort of, but that's just because my, my parents are Canadian. I was born in Texas, I was raised in Texas, and um, I've only been to Canada like on vacations. I think I've been in the winter like twice too, so that's oh, that's not great. I don't really have a, a good knowledge of Canadian winters, um, but all my family's in Canada. Um, we're the only ones that live in the States, so I'm planning to move back, move back there, move there. Um, my parents always talk about moving back to Canada, so I always say moving back to Canada, even though I've never, I've never lived there in my life. Um, but my parents are going to move back, and I don't want to be alone in Texas. I mean, mm -hmm. that's so far away. So I'm planning on moving to Vancouver. Um, 
which is kind of funny because they want to move to Ontario, and if I move to Vancouver, I'm going to be further away from them, like, geographically, than if I just stayed in Texas. Oh, yeah. They're pretty far apart, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Vancouver is all the way on the um, west coast. Yeah, I, th I think so. I'm not, I'm not too good at geography. Come on. Yeah, but we drive to Canada every every year. We drive. People we kind of get a kick out of that one. Um, How far of a drive is that? It's it's twenty five hours, so it's not like it's not terrible. It's a day and a half if yeah. you do really good. Like if you don't stop or anything. Um, but once we drove to Nova Scotia, that was four days. That Jesus. was hellish. Oh my God. I did not like that. But it was it was so beautiful. Usually we go just to Ontario, but we wanted to make a change. So we went to the Cabot Trail, which is like this scenic um, the scenic drive basically down the um, east coast. And um, there's like a bunch of little fishing towns and stuff that you can stop in and lots of hiking trails and mountains and it was so beautiful. I loved it. Um, but there was a lot of driving involved. And this was back when I could walk, so I was able to go on a hike. And thank God I did that because, you know, now that I can't do that as much anymore, it's like, oh, man, I probably won't make it to the top of a mountain ever. But I've got this cool memory of going mm -hmm. on this, you know, beautiful, breathtaking hike. I did not get any pictures out of it, though. There, are, there The pictures on the top of the mountain of me, I can't show because they're just so bad you know there's me passing out on top of the mountain there's me you know eating a cookie on the top of the mountain and it's not a very good angle of me and there's me sticking my tongue out on the top of the mountain like none of them are <laughs> none of them are like stuff you'd post on instagram or anything or like show off to people i mean this is so really cute though you know how old were you with this i was um i was 17. um so it was kind of recent um, but yeah, it was the most beautiful trip and we took, oh my God, we were, we're inexperienced hikers. So I believed my mother would choose an inexperienced hikers trail, but she had decided that since we were only doing one hike, we should just go all out. So she chose a really, really hard trail. And I thought we were going on like a two hour hike, but no, it was like a half day sort of thing. And and oh, we ended up having to drive up and get my mom because she hadn't broken in her hiking shoes. Mm -hmm. All the rest of us had, and she she got such bad blisters. I felt really bad for her, but she's the one that chose the hike um, and didn't break in her shoes like she should have. Um, what time of year was this? Like, was it like snowing one or was it really Oh, it nice? was it was a summer. It oh, was nice. it was nice and warm, um, but not too warm because you know Canada. That's I love it so much up there in the summer because, you know, when you're down here, it's like, oh, it's so hot every day, and it's nice to mm -hmm. just kind of get a break for a few weeks. Like, all of these, like, really, really, like, uh, nice days we have where it's not, like, not too cold, but not too hot, that's, like, the average day elsewhere in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. In Sweden, uh, like, uh, when I was there in the summer, it was, even though it was, like, really sunny, I, it still felt very cool, you know? I didn't, like, it was, like, not, like, an uncomfortable heat like we have here, right? You know, where, like, you feel the heat on your skin at all times. Mm -hmm. Ugh, God. It's like, a, like you're being wrapped in, like, a really wet, warm blanket. By the way, you fixed our uh, air conditioner at the dorm. Wait, I did? You did. It's so much colder now. Thank you so oh, much. We I'm were, so glad to help oh, out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was amazing. 
Most likely, it was probably just misaligned uh, whenever it was put back on the wall, because I noticed mine was tampered with while I was gone. So that's most likely what happened. I'm so glad to hear that I helped out with that. <laughs> you know, uh, so we're almost out of time, but I also I wanted to ask. Uh, I wanted to talk about Harry Potter, because... You, you kind of repulsed whenever I said I wasn't much of a Harry Potter fan as a kid. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's no. a valid thing to not like Harry Potter. I know. But. Well, I, I mean, I, I wasn't really, really much of a reader, and I'm still not. And it's kind of like, you know, school kind of forced us to read and everything. And became, reading became more, more so of, a, of an assignment rather than, like, you know, an activity or hobby. And so I was always pushed to read Harry Potter as a kid. And I, I don't know why. I can just, I can just never get into it. Um... I have a hard time imagining things in my head. So when I'm reading words on a page, I don't know how to picture it. And so um, that's why I like watching the movies. So let's talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> All right. I, I will confess I wasn't actually into Harry Potter until I was about uh, 10. About. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, about, about <laughs> 10. I'm sorry, I, I, I just had to. I thought it was going to be kind of funny. Um, I wasn't much of a reader either. I was mm-hmm. dyslexic, and I was not diagnosed, so people just thought I was bad at reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, I did not do a lot of reading as a child, and then I watched the movies because my brother was really into Harry Potter. He was more of a reader than I was, um, which is funny because he's actually more dyslexic than I am. Um, I guess he just deals with it a bit better than me. But he um, he got me into Harry Potter, and he was like, you can't watch the movies and not read the books. You know, that's you, you can't do that, Louisa. So he made me read all the books, and I actually really liked them. I got really hooked on them because they were just such an easy read. You know, I got to just kind of, you know, I didn't have to think too much about it. Mm-hmm. Look at me, about. About. There we go. Ooh. Switching back and forth. You're, uh, you're tapping back into your, uh, your, your more Texan roots, you know? When I talk about places, I switch into whatever accent they are because my, my dad is British, right? And he was born in England. He has, like, a half-British accent sometimes. So mm-hmm. I grew up with a little bit of that and then the Canadian, and then I was raised here. So I've got, like, a weird mixture of, like, three accents in my head and whenever I talk about the place I it brings it up and so I talk differently all the time and I feel bad I feel I feel kind of self-conscious about it because (laughs) I don't want people to think I'm faking or you know trying to be quirky and um but it's an involuntary thing like I don't know what to do about it I think uh, I, I know what you mean, like by like feeling self-conscious about like uh, you know people faking people think you're faking it. Because whenever I moved to Arizona, um, I told people I was from Texas because I was born here in the woodlands. They asked me questions like, "So did you live on a ranch?" I'm like, "I, I lived in the suburbs, you know." And so I uh, but I still had the mannerisms like I was very very polite, I was overly polite, like, you know, as, as a southern southern man and whatnot. Um, I uh, and I also said y'all. I still do that. I love saying y'all. It's just like something very, very distinct about it. It feels, feels like it's like um, how am I supposed to say it? It just feels feels very fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such an involuntary thing for me now too. Like I like to pretend that I'm from Canada because in Canada people don't really like the U.S. So I don't like to say or act like I'm especially the South. Like oh, they. Yeah. 
when people know I'm from the South, they're like, oh my God, or okay, what are you doing there? But so I pretend that I'm not from the South, but y'all give me away every single time because I, it just, I can't not say it. Ingrained in me. Um, well, I mean, it's. I, I have to say, it's very hard to, to get rid of that. My uh, uh, Nick in Sweden, he still says y'all uh, and, and whatnot. And I think um, I'm trying to think of uh, if Ben does it. Ben's the, uh, the one in North Carolina because he, he's a newscaster, or he was a newscaster, uh, and so he he like kind of trained himself to speak uh, in a very certain way because uh, that's what newscasters do. And I don't think he got rid of y'all, uh, especially whenever uh, in a casual conversation. It's so hard to get rid of the text in you, you know. Mm-hmm. You know? But, oh my gosh, let me say, having you on was a lot of fun. I could, you're a little bit nervous in the beginning, but I could tell you really, really came out whenever you're uh, talking and whatnot. I'm so glad that uh, you, did you have a lot of fun? Yeah, yeah, thank uh, you for having me. Of course, and I, I'm so glad to have you on and whatnot. So I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Um, seriously, everybody, uh, thank you everybody for watching and thank you again uh, to Louisa for coming on. And I hope you guys have a very fabulous rest of your day. Take care, everybody.